All right, so first, congratulations on your dominant win uh, last Saturday. Even though there, there was no finish, I know you were a bit bummed about that. Congratulations, I thought it was a good performance. Oh, thank you. And uh, yeah, like you said, I'm definitely bummed there was no finish. That broke that record. Oh, that I, I never went to a decision in the UFC so far, and my that was my eighth fight. So I'm upset that that's my first time, but uh, hopefully I'll be back with a finish next time. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that fight. I felt the finish, it could almost have happened in round number three, but she was very, very defensive. We'll talk about it a bit later. But I, will, I wanted also to congratulate you on the black belt. On your oh, black thank belt you so Yeah, that honestly probably means more to me than the win. Uh, that it, it's, it just means the world that finally Dean recognizes me as a black belt. And, um, you know, it's just the beginning, though. There's, there's levels to this. So I'm still just growing every single day. Yeah, for sure. And you start BJJ with him when you were 16, right? Uh, correct, yes. So it's been like almost seven years, a little bit more? No, uh, eight years, right? Yeah, almost nine, well, I guess nine, nine to ten years in the middle of that. And I'm 25 now, I'm getting up there. <laughs> <laughs> so did you guys celebrate anything when you had your black belt? Were you in Abu Dhabi when it happened? Yeah, I was on, actually, it was my first day out of quarantine up in Abu Dhabi. So I had to take a COVID test in Florida, fly to Las Vegas, take a COVID test there, do a 24-hour quarantine, then fly to Abu Dhabi, take another two COVID tests, uh, uh, do a 48-hour quarantine. And then my first day that I was released, uh, Dean texted me and told me, hey, I have something to give you. And I was like, are we training? Like, that's all I'm thinking about is I'm just trying to get working. And he was like, no, I just have something to give you. And I went up there and uh, that was when he presented me with my black belt. So uh, we didn't ce celebrate then. We still had the fight coming up. I believe I was a week and a half, two weeks out then. So uh, that was just the main focus. So we celebrated with hitting pads later that night. <laughs> <laughs> so were you in uh, Abu Dhabi two weeks before your fight? Uh, correct. I, I believe I was there for 20 days total. Just because uh, Dean, uh, Dean went out there like a month ago, probably now. He went out there for Dana White's looking for a fight just so they could film and things like that. So I did the last two weeks of my camp by myself and at home. And then uh, the, next, the next two weeks, I flew out to Abu Dhabi so I could just finish up my camp. So when you fought uh, Courtney Casey uh, earlier this summer, it was in Las Vegas, but you were still kind of like in the same situation with the pandemic. Was your fight week in um, Abu Dhabi different than the one you had in Las Vegas? Um, I guess just more COVID tests. <laughs> That's really it. It was a little bit more of an isolated situation where in Vegas, uh, I believe we had two COVID tests all week and it wasn't as strict, but in Abu Dhabi, I think I had 10 total being there for 20 days. So uh, wow. it was definitely a lot stricter and um, yeah, it was just, I guess the same scenario when you're walking in the cage, no matter what, it's just the you and the other girl. And then with no fans, it's the same kind of situation. And also between those two fights, you took part in the uh, submission underground. In, in uh, yeah. And what, how, was the, how was the process there? Did you stay for a week or did you just survive a few days before the competition? I uh, flew out there the day before and then flew out the next day. So I think I was out there for one day total, one full day, and then like a half to two days. So um, yeah, I didn't really spend a lot of time out there, but it, it was an awesome opportunity being able to compete. I'm trying to stay as active as possible, even if I don't have fights coming up. So any type of jujitsu competition that comes up, I'm gonna try to take that opportunity. 
because I feel like it's uh, it's important to get yourself in that kind of mindset, the fight time mindset, where you have to go in front of a huge crowd or you know a huge audience that's viewing it, and you have to go out there and perform against somebody that you don't know their skill set, you're not used to them, and it's just it's a nerve wracking situation in general. So as much as you can get used to that, I feel like you should expose yourself to it. How much did you knew about Amanda before you you won with her at Submission Underground? Uh, I had watched her uh, previous matches at Submission Underground, but that's about it. I just she has two matches other than that. Um, yeah, I feel like she's really good at the EBI overtime positions, which I, I guess doing these jujitsu competitions, it's not really my main focus to be drilling jujitsu necessarily. I'm still focused on the UFC and focused on MMA, so um, it's just different worlds, you know. So I guess just uh, different situations. She definitely felt more prepared in the jujitsu scenario. Yeah, I thought it was a good good competition. I liked it. I know you you didn't win that one, that one, but I thought there was a lot of good thing from it. So I, I like that performance. I don't know you you must be be disappointed not to beat her, but she's very very good also. Oh yeah, she's definitely a top notch black belt. And like I said, from the EBI position, I feel like she's she's got it on lock. And so uh, see that that was late August, right? That uh, like <laughs> like two months ago almost. I'm like, I actually have no idea. I'm not sure. I, I think it was. <laughs> because I was surprised that you bounced back so quick. Because so you fought, you fought uh, Courtney Casey like in late June. Then you had this one. And um, when you accept your fight with uh, Poliana Botelio, did you watch her before? Did you knew who she was? Uh, I had watched some of her fights previously. I didn't really watch too much of her until I did get the matchup. And um, I guess I knew what to expect going in there. We knew she was going to come out strong and hard. And I even told Dean when I went back to the corner the first time, I'm like, she's definitely strong. But um, she fades through the fights every time. She starts getting gassed, and especially if it's a grappling kind of matchup. She just uh, can't keep up with that. So we knew that the uh, deeper water I dragged her into, then it would be more my fight. Yeah, and you felt that the one, one number one might be a bit tough, and then two and three will go your way probably if you get your grappling going. Oh, yeah, 100%. We knew uh, she was even able to get up after my first takedown attempt. So uh, the fact that she was able to do that honestly surprised me how strong she was there. And she was, uh, she's definitely very strong, but uh, muscle fades and technique doesn't. Yeah, actually, I remember when I saw your, your stare down with her at the wedding, or maybe at the press conference, I forgot. But I was like, oh, she's much bigger, at least taller. She felt bigger than you. And I was like, oh, I wonder how much Gillian Westing got out work skills of her physique and um, in the first one while she was still fresh she actually had good takedown defense and good balance when you stay you know I, I think the second takedown you went for a single leg and she had like good wrist control and you guys kind of stay uh, static for like a second because she had like good balance on one feet were you surprised yeah. at this point that she had good wrist control and balance surprised that she was able to stop the takedowns but no matter what it just opened up more opportunities for me because right after that I know I was able to break off and I got a little Stockton slap off right there <laughs> uh, so I was happy with that but um yeah she was definitely strong coming out there and I but we expected that we knew we were ready for that you know the, the last time we the, the last two times we we talked together we often talk about your striking and uh, she might be one of the best strikers you faced so far and uh, did you and you felt pretty composed on the on the feet with her. I know she landed a few big kicks, but uh, apart from that, you felt very very relaxed on the feet. Uh, did you feel improvement from your part also on the feet? Uh, oh yeah, ever since I've been working personally more with Dean Thomas, like I work with him twice a day every day now, 
And um, just having that one-on-one -on -one attention with him, I've seen myself grow exponentially. So it's like, I've seen, I, I feel like if we look back at like my Macy Barber fight, I was too anxious to get that fight to the ground. Like I need to get it to the ground because I didn't feel comfortable on my feet. But now I, I'm, I'm not like that anymore. I'm definitely a lot more comfortable, a lot more relaxed. And it makes my takedowns a lot better because I can pick my shots now. Yeah, that's what I meant. Because, you know, every time we watch fight, we watch you fight, we're always rooting for you. So we're always mm -hmm. watching, hoping that things will go well. And I was like, oh, compared to like maybe two or three fights ago, you don't feel, you know, as anxious as you mentioned to get that takedown to shoot and say, oh, if I don't have it, I will be in trouble. And actually, it makes your wrestling almost better because you don't have that stress. So if I don't have it, I will get nervous and stiff. And, oh, um, yeah, we're we're just making me into a complete mixed martial artist now. So I feel like I've really seen myself evolving and growing and uh, it, it, it's satisfying, you know? I finally see myself moving up in the ranks and um, I know that I'm gonna be ready for that next matchup when it comes. And so did you feel after the, the first one that there was a way you could catch one other kick that would be something that would happen to take uh, that one, I mean? I guess, I don't know, I don't really think too much in the fight. A lot of it's just off of feeling. So uh, I know that whenever the uh, the second round I ended up getting her down, um, it was my mouth guard fell out and she just got a little bit uh, like overexcited because I made a poor mistake and went to go. I was like, oh, let me pick it up. Then I was like, oh, wait, I'm getting kicked. <laughs> so um, she was, I feel like she got a little bit overexcited and that's what got me my takedown there. But other than that, um, yeah, I, I don't know, I just felt comfortable and I felt like all, uh, they were going to come to me no matter what. Yeah, I was wondering if the kick that you mentioned, if it landed clean or did something, you were, you were hurt or not at all? Well, no, there was, uh, I believe, two leg kicks that she landed that I'm still kind of feeling. But other than that, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much fine. Honestly, my worst injury right now is mat burn. Both my knees are just tore up from the mats. <laughs> yeah, I saw that during the fight that your knees were a lot of bad burn. And... Um, you, you know, when she kicked you and you take her down, the, her coach, they, they were furious. I don't know if you heard during the fight or maybe you, you focused so much you don't hear, but they were furious because they did not want her to kick without jabbing before or to hide the kick a little bit. And um, I know you fought uh, also when you fought Casey, there was no audience. Was it, did you feel the same? Did you get used to have no fans in the, in the audience, um, no fans in the, near the cage? Yeah, I, I honestly, I love that scenario to fight in with no fans. It just makes it, it's, it's like another day in the gym. There's no extra nerves or there's no, no extra influences on the outside. You just go out there and just fight your fight. And uh, I've had the most fun these last two fights, honestly. And it might just be me getting a little bit more comfortable in the cage and growing into this, but it, I feel like the no fans definitely helps too. Yeah, it's probably a mix of things, but yeah, it seems like it. And actually it was fun for us, the, the fans to watch, and to hear she was breathing very, very heavy on the, the last two rounds. Were you surprised by your one game? Um, no, I, I, it's like, I guess I know where uh, I, I was going. I just felt like she was very defensive a lot of the times where it opened up my ground and pound. It made it so I was able to get more strikes off. But um, like every time she started giving her back to me a little bit, I would hear her corner go crazy. They would start screaming at her because they know exactly what I'm going for. So I just felt like, uh, it was a little frustrating with her being so defensive. Yeah, because, you know, pre-fight, she kind of, she wasn't, like, being disrespectful, but she was like, yeah, I think I can handle Jillian's uh, grappling because she said she always black belt. I was like, yeah, 
I'm curious about that. And actually, when uh, once we got your first takedown in one number late in round number one and the rest of the fight, I was very surprised or shy and or timid she was on the ground to not try. You remember when you fought Sarah Prota, who was also tall, and she has a yeah. lot of experience in BGG, of course. I thought it would go a bit like this, and I felt she was very defensive, as you mentioned. So were you surprised or easily you could switch from your ad gap to the side control? Um, I get, that's my that's my world once I hit the ground. I feel like it's easy to I I'm always just shooting for the mount usually shooting for like a neon belly mount position because I want to get into a good striking position. I want to be able to do damage to her. So um yeah, I'm just gonna uh, I feel like that's just that's my world. That's all I practice. I'm drilling that two, three times a day just making sure that I get all the little fine techniques down. So it makes it so it's easy. Like I wasn't tired at all by the end of the 15 minutes because I'm going out there and I'm making smart decisions and making the fight easy for me. Yeah, you didn't look tired at all. You look very fresh compared to her. And actually, when you start from Algab, you were already almost in position, like if you were inside control, walking on the other leg and the other part of her body. You did the same thing against uh, Sarah Frota. Was it just because of the typical matchup, like the size there? Or is it just the way you like to progress from out to side control? Yeah, that's just the way I like to uh, progress. Honestly, I try to put as little pressure on the mat as possible. I try to stand on my opponent and just put all my pressure on top of them and make them carry me. Because the more I'm posting my hands on the mat or posting my feet on the mat, that's more pressure on the mat and not on my opponent. Oh, all right, great insight. That's mm -hmm. nice. And yeah, I remember that your top control was very, very good in that fight. Uh, oh, thank you so much. She, said, she said the same Courtney that you felt like, a, oh, what is the word? Like a bed sheet, like a, like a cover, you know, like she cannot get away from you. And, uh, uh, and uh, I felt, yeah, do you think that's a corner that told her not to go to like four point position because she tried to, to explode. And of course, that's what you're waiting for. And I felt she knew that if she'd done that, it would be game over. And that at the end of the fight, she had the choice between taking all your elbows and your punches or to just quit, and she didn't, at least. Yeah, I feel like her coach, every time she tried to do that, go to her back, uh, like give me the opportunity to get to her back, her coaches would just start screaming and screaming, and then she'd just go back down and let me mount her. Because that was really the only two options she had. And uh, just lay there, be defensive, get punched in the face, or give me your throat. So I was, I felt like I was constantly looking for the finish. Just constantly, uh, I, I'm just upset I didn't get it, you know. Yeah, that's why I think you're gonna you're gonna have some TKO victories soon, maybe more than submission, because more people they're gonna know that you just cannot go to that position against you, because in the heartbeat they're gonna get choked out. So I think you're gonna have some TKO victories soon. I, my goal is to be dangerous from out anywhere. I want to be able to, no matter where I am, girls are going to be scared of me. So if we're on the feet, if we're wrestling, if we're, I, I'm on top or I could be on my back and guard. I want you to be scared. I want you to always be defending. So that's just the goal we're trying to reach. And when you walk on your gun and palm, do you walk really only from, not, not only, of course, but like massively from full mount? Or do you like the track, three quarter mount or like even out guard? Or do you really like to secure the position? and then go for the ground and pound because when you go for submission, you kind of like, not don't care, but you kind of like go for the choke before the, the hooks sometimes. But when it comes to ground and pound, you like to secure the position first. Oh uh, yeah, I'm always trying to get in good punching positions before I throw my strike. So uh, ideally what we drill is a lot of neon belly or mount positions to throw my strikes from. But I, 
I haven't really displayed the neon belly as much in fights. I feel like I still need to get a little bit more comfortable with that. But uh, it's all skills we're working on. And like I said, I'm trying to make me lethal from everywhere. So uh, anywhere I can get off good power punches, that's where I'm trying to be. And so I know you want to win all, win all your fight by finishes, right? The, the best oh, yes, possible. And <laughs> it's easy to say because I was watching on my TV, but do you feel if you had just landed a few flurry in one number three, he was close to stop the fight at some point? I don't know if you watched, but at some point he stepped in and stepped out just after. I've honestly been going back and forth with that about myself. Like, there's things that you think after the fight. And um, there was points where, like, the ref started yelling, and I feel like she would just start to move then. She would just do a little where I had to go back to controlling a little bit more instead of throwing punches. Like, she was uh, still giving that little bit of effort every time the ref gave me a warning. I believe he said uh, – I think he said it twice where he told her that she needed to work more. So um, – Yeah, I guess I go back and forth with myself. I'm like, would it have been a right to flurry more? Or was she going to get up? Was she going to move? But did I ha should I have went back to control? Um, but yeah, that's definitely something I've been thinking about with myself. <laughs> but that's something that I'm very impressed in your, in your fighting style is how good you are with wrist control and elbows from the top position. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know you try and go and pound like with a wrestling dummy, you know, on the ground and you can work on your go and pound. But... How do you work the risk control when it comes to striking in training? Because you cannot hurt your training partners like this. <laughs> Dean always tells me, he's like, if you win the grip battle, you win the fight. So grip battling is a huge part of what we do. And that's all we're working on is making sure that we're opening up. Uh, so we're not just wasting energy, just throwing strikes and hitting our arms the whole time. We want to make sure that we're doing damage every time that we're putting energy into a punch. Yeah, yeah, that's very, I, I, I told you last time. Every time I watch you fight, I, I see shades of Dean Thomas years ago. So that system that you guys have together, it's getting much better and much better. It's very impressive to watch. Oh, that's the biggest compliment you could give me, is saying that I look like him. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, Poliana, she wasn't ranked. But she's still like a very difficult matchup. She's big. She's pretty dangerous uh, striking. And uh, I think she was, she was, like you, she had trouble finding opponents for a long time for that reason. So, I don't know if you saw in the rankings, you're ranked number 12 now. Yes. <laughs> And actually, the person you call out is 15. So, do you still want to fight Valent uh, Antonina Chepchenko? Uh, I definitely feel like it's not as an attractive matchup now that I am ranked higher than her. I would take the matchup if they offered it to me. The only reason I called her out is because she denied me a couple months ago. So, I, I knew that she was ranked above me and... Uh, I, yeah, I was hoping that I, if I put her uh, put her on the spot there, called her out on the big stage, I'd be able to get that matchup. <laughs> that would be a good idea to beat the little sister or some of the champion, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. I feel like she's the stepping stone, and Valentina will be the next one. Is there, like, some matchup in your division that you're looking for, uh, like, that are booked already, fight that you're looking for to watch? Um, I, I believe all the girls that are ranked above me are matched uh, right now, so... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good ones in the division. Uh, one that I was looking forward to that unfortunately isn't happening was the Calvillo and Lauren Murphy. Cynthia Calvillo and Lauren Murphy. I, I felt like that would have been an awesome fight, awesome matchup. So hopefully we can see that one in the future. I, I was going to ask you that because I think it's two times that you and Lauren Murphy, you almost fight on either the same night or like the same weeks. You kind of like the same agenda. So it's like, oh, maybe that's a fight that can happen soon. Whether she wins or she lost. No, Lauren's Lauren a tough matchup, but I would love to share the cage with her. She was on Ultimate Fighter with you, right? 
Correct, yes. Did you train with them? I, I, I believe we grappled together once, but that was about it. We didn't really get to work together too much. Because she felt like one of the most um, experienced flyweight in that division. She's been around for a long time and she's been very, very strong for a flyweight, actually. Oh, yeah, I definitely feel like she's overlooked in the division. Uh, I, I've always looked at her as one of the toughest girls, at, like one of the toughest matchups out there. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely feel like she's a, a tough opponent. Yeah, yeah, she she be. I don't I don't know who she's fighting Saturday because she was supposed to fight Cynthia Calvillo, right? Yes, correct. Um, I yeah, they just they found some just random replacement. I'm pretty sure okay. they signed some girl for it. Yeah, I don't know who it is though. Because you fought Calvillo too before. Uh, correct. I actually I fought Calvillo on the like regional pro scene, and we actually I fought her on five days notice. So uh, that's one that I've always wanted to get back, definitely. Yeah, that, that, that's the fight I was going to mention for you next. I don't know if she would take it, but it would be great to be able to, to, to revenge that one because she, she's, got a, she's got a name, but at the same time, she's not that proven in the UFC. Like, like, I don't know why she's that high in the rankings and everything. And, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know what happened with that fight, why she's not fighting, but I feel it would be, it would be great for you to, to face someone who's ranked super high it was also great on the ground. It was for sure fun to watch and to test yourself also. I definitely look forward to that matchup, but uh, yeah, I got 11 other girls ahead of me, so I'm trying to work my way up there. So if I got to fight all 11 of them, I'm going to take every single matchup. Yeah, you, you said it's a process, right? One after one. Yes, one 100%. Yeah, if you beat everyone, you'll be the champ eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, I was wondering, did you see Justin Gaethje during your time in Abu Dhabi? Was he there when you fought? Uh, I saw him for maybe a split second, but we weren't allowed to talk to each other because he hadn't been cleared oh, yeah. for the COVID test yet. He was still in his quarantine period. And I was getting my hair done for my fight, and he knocked on the window and said, wave. But that was about our only interaction. <laughs> Do you, are you, I, I'm sure you're going to watch the fight Saturday, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to watch the fight Saturday. I'm super hyped. I feel like Justin has this. Because last time, no, the first time we, we talked together, it was maybe a few days before his fight with uh, Tony Ferguson back then. And uh, the, the, the Justin that fought uh, Tony well, is much different than the one, you, you know, that you knew fought like Michael Johnson or like Eddie Alvarez. And uh, do you think his, uh, his style now for Habib is really the best, the best time to beat Habib? Yeah, I feel like stylistically, this is the perfect matchup for him. And um, I've always said, I've always thought Justin would be the one to take down uh, Khabib because he's, it's just, like I said, stylistically, he's got great wrestling. I think every time he's been taken down, he gets right back up. Like he doesn't have any, nobody's ever controlled him on the ground. And then obviously his striking, he just throws, going in there to kill, throwing bombs. Yeah, and he's looking more sharp, sharper and sharper every fight. I know with his coach, Trevor Whitman, they look so, so good. And, yeah, uh, Trevor, Trevor's another guy who, he's just that next level brain. He's a mastermind. And just, just a quick question. Do you think what Justin should do is to move forward and push and go to the body against Abib? Or should he let him come and just slip his punch and counter him? But let him come, just making sure you don't get your back to the fence, but still staying on the back foot a little bit? Um, I guess... Uh, Honestly, I feel like a, a good approach would be cautiously walk, like walk it still forward pressure, but cautious, you know, because you always know the takedown's going to come, you know, the, what he's trying to do, but uh, just got to keep your back off the fence too. 
Yeah, like I've been back and forth in that fight for months. Uh, mm. I don't think there's like a bigger fight that I wanted to watch this year in MMA than Habib Gaethje. So, so it's gonna be great. Um, is it? Do you have some teammates that, that are fighting soon? I uh, no, my only teammate really right now is uh, Jose Shorty Torres. Yeah. So he just fought uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I think now, and uh, I believe he's next fight in December for Brave CF. So he's still got a couple months, but uh, yeah, that's my only teammate at the moment. <laughs> so, so what's the plan? Do you take? Do you want to take some time off, or do you want to fight as soon as possible again? Oh, as soon as they give me the call. I, I, I'm already back to training this week, so I'm just waiting for the call. Did you take a day off, at least one or two? Uh, I took travel days. That's about it. Other than <laughs> that, I was, I was back to shadow boxing, at least. My, like I said, my knees are so torn up, so I can't do any type of jujitsu. but I'm back to shadow boxing and moving around now. No, that's great. That's great. And I, I was wondering, when you... Um, so now you've been training with Dean Thomas only for like the last two fights, right? Yeah, two fights. And yeah, did you sure. feel any difference the fight not being in your former gym and just being more in like, you feel more like a family now that you guys are like just five or six training all together? Uh, I guess I just feel more relaxed going into fights because I know I'm 100% prepared where um, obviously ATT has great training partners, but Dean Thomas was really my only coach who really looked after me while I was there. And he was spread so thin, he, you know, so he could only give, he could work with me maybe twice a week or three times a week. And now I'm working with him twice a day, every single day. So it's just made such a huge difference to have somebody watching over me and making sure that everything's going right in my preparation for the fight. So when I walk in there, I, I don't have a single doubt in my mind that I'm not ready. I know that I came in there prepared and uh, the best girl's gonna walk out. And actually when he moves uh, out of Florida to help like Tyron Moodley or other fighters, you follow him sometimes? Oh yeah, we, uh, me, Dean, and Shorty lived in Tyron's gym for three weeks during Tyron's camp. So uh, we were just, we, Shorty had a couch, I had a um, like blow up a, a sleeping mattress. And uh, yeah, we just camped out in Tyron's gym. So it's like, we're, we're down for the ride and we're going to travel and we're just going to get work where we can right now. But having Dean watching over both of us has just made all of the world of a difference. That's great. And did you have a good experience there? Did you train with other person there that, that uh, like near your weight class? Oh uh, yeah, I actually got to work with Kelly D'Angelo. She fights for Invicta. So um, she was great work for me. I, in Florida, there's a couple gyms that we traveled to just to getting different uh, training partners, different looks. So we're ready for anything. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you must feel much different than American Top Team. Like I know it's a great gym. I, I like American Top Team a lot, but it feels like a huge industry where there's like so many, many, many fighters. And then you just never stop, right? Yeah, and it's like there's 10 coaches to 100 fighters. So they can only do so much for each fighter. Yeah, I see. So well, who is there is Dean Thomas, but who are the other person in your corner when you fight? Dean's the only one in my corner. All right, do you think you will stay like this? Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm walking in there by myself. I, I need to be able to make my own decisions. And uh, anybody at a championship level is they it should be making their own decisions in the cage. So uh, he trusts me to make my own decisions. You'll you'll hear Dean talk during my fights, but not a lot. He he only says things when he feels like it when he feels like he needs to say them. Other than that, he lets me fight my own fight. And ideally, he wants to walk in there and just have to give me water and let me do what I want to do. 
Yeah, I remember when I talked to him, he, he told me that mm -hmm. he never felt he could corner someone if he doesn't know the person on a deeper level. Not only the, the skill, the fighting style, but how the person react to pressure, anything. And that sometimes when he was working with the former gym, they would ask him, oh, can you corner this guy this weekend? He was like, what? But I don't even know him. And uh, he always said that sometimes people in the, in the corner, they give too much instructions. Like there's too many words. It'll be like if you direct, you know, if you're like a director and you tell something to an actor, if you give him too much, he will not understand, he will be confused. And he always felt he only says, just keep going. <laughs> like, because most of your fights are going your way also. Yeah, and it's also, it's like, I listen to my opponent's corner the whole time that we're fighting. So if you're sitting there giving instructions the whole time, then I'm like, all right, this is what she's going to do. It gives me something to look out for. So if he just lets me go and I, I fight my fight, then we can get the job done faster. And I know you were very happy when you get, uh, when you cut, uh, I forgot to do what, there was a fight where you cut someone and you were very <laughs> happy about it. And you gave her a big boost to Botelho. She had like, oh, I was sweat up bad. And there was that shot again between the rounds. Yeah. But you, you were smiling. We can all see your, your mask piece. And then she had the eye like this. Must felt good, right? Oh, yeah. That's it. I, I, I wanted another cut. I was so upset I couldn't cut her. But like, I was, I don't know if, how bad it is now. I still have bruises on my elbows. Because I, I, I was hurting my elbow on her head by the third round. I just remember thinking in the, at the end of the third round, I was like, you have a really hard head. Every time I started throwing elbows at it. But uh, yeah, it always feels good to do a damage because that's my goal going in there. All right. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Jinan.